The information contained in this podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be construed as tax advice. Consult a qualified tax professional before making any tax-related decisions. To ensure compliance with requirements imposed by IRS Circular 230, please be advised that any content discussed is not to be used for the purpose of avoiding penalties under the Revenue Code or promoting, marketing, or recommending to another party any transaction or matter addressed herein. Dan, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Wow, you did a good job on that disclosure, Emily. <laughs> All right, and I understand there are some legal issues you need to make sure that that is addressed. Yep, just want to make sure people know that I'm not a CPA. Uh, the information that we're talking about is certainly educational, um, but we really do want you to work hand-in-hand -hand with your CPA or qualified tax professional before implementing any, any, of the, any of the information that we talk about today. And I think that's important for families to know. You know, it's four times as expensive to raise a child with special needs as a child without any special needs. So they need to know, first of all, why they should work with a CPA tax or tax advisor. Absolutely. I think that's one of the most important things can do for their financial life is make sure that they're utilizing the tax code to their full advantage. We are required to pay income taxes in this country, and it is a privilege that we have to, to live in the country and receive the, uh, the benefits here from. But at the same time, we are not required to pay any more than our fair share. So, and we are, there's nothing that prohibits us from doing proper tax planning. Over the years, Emily, I have come to the realization as a financial professional that uh, as I meet with my clients, uh, one year I might beat the market, I may, I may not beat the market. And uh, one year, one financial advisor may do a little bit better than I do as a, than a different financial advisor. However, taxes will have much more to do, in my estimation, really, uh, you've got a lot more control over how, how to, uh, the final outcome of your financial stability by using the tax code properly than you do trying to out, outsmart the, the, uh, the, uh, the stock market. So that's my, that's my thing. And I don't think people really realize that. So I think most people don't even understand the tax code. <laughs> that is so confusing, you know, and you're, and you're in, in good, uh, you're in good company there. Albert Einstein once said the hardest thing in the world to understand is the income tax. <laughs> <laughs> So, hey, by, and by the way, did you know how many uh, pages there are in the tax code? I'm sure it's, a, I don't know. Yeah, about 73,954. Oh, my, I was going to say it's probably in the thousands, <laughs> more than that, hundreds yeah. of thousands. Yeah, 73,000. You know, the Bible only has 700,000 words. The tax code has 3,700,000. So, anyway, just a little bit of information. So just out of curiosity, has anyone read all of that? <laughs> <laughs> I certainly haven't. Not even those on those nights where I can't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but 
Yeah, so what the, the idea, what I'd like to share with you folks is, first of all, hats off to you for doing what you're doing with special needs children. Um, I really admire that. One of our very best family friends and their family, uh, Sam, he has Down syndrome, and we have just loved him through the years, and it's just so fun to see his life and the way that he lights up the rest of the world. And I've worked with his parents for uh, uh, financial planning, and there are different needs that that uh, the, the people have and definitely you want, you'll want to be working with an attorney and a good CPA. Yes, yes. I just recently interviewed Genevieve Gribble with Intervivos talking about... Oh, yes. Planning. Yep, very good, very good. I'm familiar with Intervivos. What tips do you have for parents of children with special needs and their unique financial demands? The first thing that I would say, Emmalou, is make sure that you're planning ahead. Think strategy. It's not just about getting your tax returns filed properly. It's about strategy. Too often, people will take their receipts, their mileage logs, their whatever they're taking into their W-2s, their 1099s, and they have a folder. If it's halfway even organized, they plop it in front of uh, their CPA. The CPA is a in mass preparing other uh, tax returns. And by that time, guys, it's too late to take advantage of some of the tax codes. So a CPA, believe it or not, they might be filing six, eight, six, eight, 600, 800, maybe even over a thousand tax returns in a year. So if you think about, it's really tough for a CPA to provide you with good tax advice at that point. In fact, it used to be the CPA made 80% of his revenue from good ideas and about 20% of his revenue came from filing taxes properly. And now it's just the opposite. The poor CPA, they have been facing a lot of changes in their industry. And so now about 80% of their revenue comes from filing people's taxes and 20% from good ideas. So, the, you know, giving your turning in your uh, information to a CPA on, you know, August, excuse me, April 14th is not a good time, right? The time to talk to your CPA is after he's had his two-week vacation and talk to him in the first part of May, you know, when he's fresh and when you're fresh. And uh, they can probably give you better solutions in that way. So that's the first thing that I would say, just to be a little bit more proactive. Uh, most CPAs are doing an awesome job. It's just, uh, just the nature of, of their business. And then that's human nature. We wait till Absolutely. like the 1st of April and say, oh, yeah, we ought to be getting this together. Absolutely. By strategizing, you're saying start in May. Start in May. Yeah, start yeah. in May because while you're, while you're fresh, while the CPA is fresh, let them know, con communicate to your CPA what you want. One of the one of the criticisms is with the, with CPAs is they don't really listen to the client. You you make sure that you understand uh, that your CPA understands your tax preparer understands what your goals are. First first and foremost, it, it's it's really really important. Um, let me give you just a little bit of an example of how important taxes can be. If if uh, you're f you're familiar with our progressive tax code, which means that the more money you make, the higher you pay, the more taxes you pay on additional dollars. So lately we have the new tax, uh, tax changes and uh, it will affect many, many people. For instance, if you've made between, you know, 19,000 and uh, you know, roughly $19,000 and $77,000, you're going to pay about 12% in taxes. So 
if you could get that down somehow, um, you know, to your adjusted gross income, you could save thousands and thousands of dollars in taxes. So for instance, if you, if your reportable income was a hundred thousand dollars, you're going to pay about $9,000 in taxes, $9,288 in taxes on the first 77,000. And then you're going to pay another $22,000 in taxes uh, above that. But if you could reduce your taxable income back down to 77,400 instead of the hundred thousand, that's a savings of $5,000. Now, how do they do that? No, that's a great question, and basically it's just a matter of taking advantage of the tax code. You are entitled to take certain deductions, and you make sure that you're taking every single possible deduction you, you, you can. The way I look at that, that's an automatic safe 5% more money in your pocket. For every dollar that you save, Emma Lou, the, the, the taxpayer, for every dollar they save in taxes is an immediate, without risk, increase in their pocket dollar increase in their in, in their pocket in their income wow yeah yeah that's true so, so they should know like things like their child's medication everything everything medication. medications take yeah everything like that now think about that again we're going to go into some specific uh, strategies here in just a minute but i'm really trying to get everybody to understand why it is worth their time to, to employ proper tax strategy. For instance, if you're making $100,000, but you could save 5%, excuse me, if you could, um, you could save $5,000 in taxes, that's 5% of your income. Again, it's a 5% guaranteed rate of return. That's the equivalent of about three weeks of working. Yes. That's true. Now, I have a quick question. Sure. You started, you, you're talking about a CPA. I'm, I'm understanding you, you recommend hiring a CPA as opposed, I know a lot of people, you know, use programs like Quicken, just try to do taxes themselves, and you're recommending a CPA because they can get this help in strategizing? Depending on somebody's situation, certainly. If if they're earning, if especially if they have a business, make sure that you're working with a CPA or a qualified tax advisor, a qualified tax accountant or tax preparer. That's my that's my view. Yep, they might spend a little bit more money in in, uh, in preparing it, but they might be missing. The problem with most tax software is it's kind of a middle down the road guideline. It kind of defaults to certain parameters that may not be in the best interest of the taxpayer. Yes. So if you will work with an, attack, uh, an accountant or a CPA that's qualified, it could save you. It might cost you a few hundred dollars to file that tax return, but you might save thousands of dollars in taxes. And to me, that's a great rate of return. Okay, I understand. And they probably have a better understanding of the tax code. Absolutely, Ab absolutely. Okay. Remember, there's 73,000 pages in the tax code. Who can be an expert on all 73,000 pages, yeah. right? So probably one of the biggest things that people need to be, uh, realize now is that, uh, that the tax code has changed and the standard deduction has, has raised quite a bit. It's actually doubled from what it was. So what that means for a lot of people, not everybody, but for a lot of people, it may not be to somebody's advantage to itemize their deductions. If they don't have enough deductions on their, cert on their schedules, they may be better off just getting, taking the standard deduction because it's a little over $24,000 at this point. 
So that's that that would be it. So for a lot of people, it's actually it's really good news. Well, that is good to know. Yeah. People just assume I'll always itemize. I did. Yeah. Well, and it still very well may be, and that's why you want to work with a tax professional to find that out. The other thing to consider is that business owners, the way that the tax code was set up is that the tax code really favored business owners for whatever reason. Primarily back in 1954, the, uh, the IRS decided, Congress actually, decided that, yeah, let's reward people for doing certain things. If you have children, we're gonna, you're going to pay less in taxes. If you have a home, you're going to pay less in taxes. If you're married, you have to pay less in taxes. If you own a business, you're going to pay even less in taxes because you're helping to expand that tax base. So we'll reward you for that. So if you have a business, wonderful. If you don't have a business, that may be one of the things you want to consider because you're going to get all kinds of tax breaks that you didn't before. Uh, for instance, uh, if you do own a business, one of the first things that we want to take a look at is the balance between W-2 wages and K-1 income. Let me explain what that is just for a minute. W-2 income is the income that you pay FICA taxes on. This is the uh, federal employment. Uh, this is what you pay tax on for Social Security and Medicare. So if you have a, a, a business and you're getting $100,000, for instance, and you own a business, you're allowed to split some of that income within certain guidelines between W-2 wages and K-1 income. You will pay self-employment taxes on half of the income for instance, on $50,000, and that's altogether, it's 15.3%. So if you took the other part of your income as K-1 income, that's $50,000. Well, you're not paying any of that federal uh, tax, any of that FICA tax on $50,000, and that saves you quite a bit of money. So that would be one thing to take a look at. Uh, make sure that's within guidelines and make sure that your CPA and your accountant are comfortable with those guidelines. Number two would be pay your child. If you have a business, one way you can legitimately reduce your tax bills to pay your kids to work in the business. You know, your kids, they, number one, they learn the value of work and earning money, whether they're special needs or whether they are, you know, um, just normal kids, normal healthy kids. And they, you know, generally don't pay, they're going to pay less in taxes than you would. So if you're paying your child an allowance, for instance, and let's say you pay them $100 in an allowance over whatever period of time, three months, three months, whatever it may be, it's actually costing you, the parent, maybe about $120. Because you have to pay the $20 in taxes and, and go through, and do, you, do you see what I mean? Yes, yes. So if it was, think of that, This, if it was $1,000 over the year, that's a couple hundred dollars or so, it could be even more of tax savings for you for doing it that way. Uh, if you employ your child in an un, unincorporated business, this would be if you were like a sole proprietor, you don't have to pay the, or withhold FICA tax as long as the child's under the age of 18. If you pay your child for domestic work, household chores, you don't have to pay or withhold those FICA taxes as long as he or she is under 21. The other thing is if you pay your child, you don't have to pay that, that FUTA tax as long as the, uh, the child is under 21. You don't have to pay, excuse me, their unemployment tax. So that's another great way to, to think about it. And you don't have to worry about the kitty tax. Now, kitty tax is a little bit different. It's uh, complicated, so be sure that you're working with a good tax advisor to 
to make sure that it happens. But when you pay somebody, it's, it's, it's better for you to pay the child and let the child pay taxes or not pay any taxes than rather you paying it. Does that make sense? Yes, yes it does. Now you gotta make sure that your kids are actually doing the work that they're paid for. And you, you can't pay, pay them $50,000 a year to clean the house. And it's got to be a reasonable wage, but that will make a big, big difference. It could be the difference of, of uh, you know, probably thousands of dollars or at least hundreds of dollars in, in a year. Okay? Yes. So mm -hmm. what, my understanding is you would need to pay them whatever the going rate is. Yes. Yep. And like it's, you it's someone to come in and clean your house. That's exactly right. It's, it's got to be a reasonable wage. And there, and there are uh, guidelines for that. And that's why your professional tax preparer will want you want to involve them with that I know where I live I think that's like 15 to 20 dollars an hour yep can can be just depending on what it is correct yeah so the next tip that I would provide is that make sure that you're if you provide uh, cash or non-cat tax contributions by December 31st we are allowed to um, make contributions to charity, either clothes, donations, or that kind of thing. It's a great tax deduction, so make sure that you're keeping good notes, good receipts. If you donate something more than $250, you'll need a statement from the organization, but that's a great way to, to immediately get, get rid of your stuff, donate it, free yourself from the clutter, save some money in taxes. To me, that's just sounds, it just makes great sense. Win-win. <laughs> It's a win-win for everybody, right? Yes. Many people in the area, uh, at least uh, in different parts of the country, make sure that you're, you've got good records for the donations that you make to your charity or church. So that's a, make sure that those are done and paid by December 31st for the tax year in which you're claiming them. Another tip would be, let's, make, let's consider giving a portion for large gifts to children before the end of the year. We have an opportunity as taxpayers to pay up to $14,000 a year to anybody, basically, any single person, and not, claim, not have to pay taxes on that ourselves, and the recipient does not have to claim that on their, as taxable income. So here's a gift, yeah. so, which is a gift. That's exactly right. So for instance, let's say uh, one of your children want to borrow $20,000 from you to purchase a, a house and they need $20,000 or so for a down payment on a house. Well, one thing that you might want to consider doing is that don't give them $20,000 in one year. Give them $10,000 in December. Give them the other $10,000 in January. They can still use it for the they house. Still yeah. use it. Yep. The house at the end of January. Yep. That, that, that's exactly right. So that way we're not paying taxes on anything above the, 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 the gift amount. So in that case, it would be you'd be saving taxes on about $6,000. Nice. Yeah. Uh, make sure you know who's, uh, who's um, claiming the child as a dependent each year. Uh, sometimes uh, parents are, are divorced. Sometimes people, uh, unfortunately, that happens in life but make sure that you're coordinating who is getting the tax deduction for each of the children. That would be, uh, that would be a big thing. Uh, the other thing that's coming up is now the child tax credit is, uh, is increasing to $2,000. Uh, 
Now remember, a tax credit is just that. It's a credit. It's not a deduction. The difference between a deduction and a credit is basically a credit is dollar for dollar. And even if you didn't have a tax liability, you still may be eligible for a tax credit. The IRS may send you a check for the tax credit, even if you didn't have a tax liability. Uh, yeah, other, other interesting, yeah, everything. Another thing is that if you pay a nanny or babysitter or daycare to take care of your child while you or your spouse are at work, you can claim the child independent, uh, uh, it's called the child independent care credit. And again, this is a credit and it's up to $1,050 on $3,000 in expenses. So the IRS, the federal government is saying, look, we'll, we will pay you money. If it costs you $3,000, we'll subsidize that and give you $1,050 for, for those expenses and help offset that. So that, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it may be you know, almost a month's worth or a half month's worth of, uh, of, of wages, depending on the situation you're in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, the other thing is if you're considering adopting a child, remember there's $13,840, you get a credit for that. For any expenses up to that, that's, that's a credit as well. It's not a deduction, it's a credit. So those that's, are... Is that a one-time? Yeah, it's a one-time one thing. So those are some of the biggest tips that I would... Uh, that I would relay today on uh, to, to your listeners. And and I, I heard loud and clear your message of communicating with a reputable CPA, make sure you're getting expert, expert tax advice. Absolutely, and make sure that that CPA knows what your goals are, sit down with them, it would pay you to make an appointment in, in the downtime or the down tax rush season uh -huh. and sit down with your CPA and go and go through all those things with them. And that's the time to do it, not April 10th. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, what services do you offer to True Wealth? How else can you talk about that? Well, yeah, briefly, uh, I, I am a financial advisor, and so I sit down with people and find out what their goals are, what they want to do, and how they want to invest their money. Um, and that kind of thing, and uh, happy to happy to sit down with anybody. One of the most important things I, I try to get people to do is just measure where the money's going. And typically, people have holes in their bucket bigger than they thought. And if we can plug up some of those holes, it's amazing what can happen with just the money that's being wasted unnecessarily. And I'm not talking about money that's you're you know maybe overspending. I'm just talking about the money that you're overpaying in taxes. That money in tax savings is not a decrease in your lifestyle and yet it really helps you uh, accomplish your goals especially if one of those goals is paying off debt uh, you know the why not take some of the tax savings and without decreasing your lifestyle use those tax savings to pay off debt as much as, as quickly as possible that makes sense yeah that's basically what we do try to figure out what people's goals are and help them put the money in the proper places and Make sure they're not paying any more taxes than they need to, and find appropriate investment vehicles that uh, that uh, and good insurance products that are available for them. Now that that sounds very attractive. I know a lot of people feel like I don't have any extra money to invest. I can't cut down on expenses. 
but to take it from the approach of let's see how you could save on taxes. Yeah, let's see. And it's surprising. You we could come if we could if you could come up with two, three, four, five thousand. Sometimes we've seen people come in when we've been able to help them save you know twenty thousand dollars in taxes. Surprisingly, uh, wow. depending on depending on where they are, some people don't make that much in a year. Some people. Yeah. Are paying that much or more in taxes so it's just a matter of making good use of what the resources that you have okay just expert information to help parents very valuable yep absolutely when you take care, good care of those kids I salute the work that you're doing it's so important making sure that families are strong and and they're getting things taken care of emotionally financially it all works together Emily thank you for the work that you're doing yes. well and I'm excited to hear how they can save financially just with some expert advice. Disclosure. The information provided is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as a solicitation for investment in any security, strategy, or other financial product. No claim is made as to the suitability or appropriateness of any such investments for any individual or entity, or that these investments will protect against loss or prove profitable. Any information, discussion, analysis, or commentary provided or made regarding the future prospects of securities, investment strategies, and or other financial products may not be realized. The prices of securities fluctuate and the values of securities may rise or fall, creating the possibility for capital loss. Past performance is not an indicator of future results. Results of an investment made today may differ substantially from those made at other times. Investors should consult a financial professional prior to making any investment. Investments offered through Aspen Capital Management, LLC. Thank you very much, Dan. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. All right, and I hope you have a great day. All right, you too. Genevieve Gribble, attorney with Intervivos. Today, let's talk about special ed advocacy and getting to that collaboration point.